Welcome to the Caramel Camel Spits. I'm your host, Zakaria Ibn Akil Al Chokachi. But you can just call me Zach. I pull my magic carpet as I show you a whole new. You know what? Probably can't say that. How about you just come with me? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Caramel Camel Spits. This is the second episode, and I had promised that it was going to be a restaurant episode, but turns out that's going to be a whole lot more work than I thought it was going to be, um, which is a good thing uh, because I want to be thorough. It's an industry I've been a part of for a very long time, and you know, most people go out to restaurants at least every once in a while. Um, there are some subjects that I want to talk about where I don't feel comfortable being the only voice being heard on the issues. So I'm bringing in um, multiple people to give their opinions with their history of the restaurant industry and different perspectives, different backgrounds, whether it be race, gender, uh, front of the house, back of the house. I'm trying to give a balanced discussion and approach some subjects that might be a little bit uncomfortable. And I don't want to cross any uh, any lines in the sand, so to speak. So um, I'm working on that, but right now I'm kind of doing an impromptu episode because uh, I woke up this morning with a message from an old friend um, that one of our former f- co-workers and friends had overdosed and passed away a couple days ago, and it kind of struck a nerve. Um, this girl that passed away was an incredibly sweet girl, and I haven't seen her in a while, but um, struggles with substances was something we shared uh, back when we worked together, and um, it was around the time that I was quitting drinking as well. Um, and a lot of those people that I worked with uh, around that time were very supportive um, in my struggle, uh, in my recovery, um, and I couldn't have done this without them and without my family. Um, but I'm coming up on nine years sober. Uh, in February, and it's one of the best things I've ever uh, decided to do in my life, probably saved my life, um, and definitely saved all my relationships, or at least some of them. Um, it's something I don't, um, I don't, I don't really have anything to hide about it. Uh, cause I know the pain that I've caused, uh, it's something I live with every day. Um, I'm not feel, I'm not one of those people that feels like they are right on the edge of having another drink or doing drugs, um, every day. Uh, that switch has been flipped. I don't want to do it again. I don't want that lack of control. Um, and that's really what it is for me was no matter if it was a sip of wine or beer or whatever. Uh, or a smoke on a joint, or whatever. Um, if I took the first step, if I dipped my toe in the water, it meant, meant that I was going to be going all night um, and probably didn't know where I was going to end up as far as whether I was going to be asleep in my car uh, in the middle of downtown or wake up in some random place, uh, wake up the next day with all kinds of messages and havoc that I wreaked from the night before. Um, and, uh, yeah, 
it's a terrifying thing to lose that to to lose that control and to know that one sip can be that snowball tumbling downhill into an avalanche uh, every single time. Um, and I say all this because I, I feel like with my friend passing away, um, she probably still struggled with that kind of thing to this day. And I don't mean to say that I'm stronger than the next person or um, that I've got it figured out. Um, but I think, you know, if we really dug deep into everyone, we're all kind of hurting on some level. Um, some of us deal with it in different ways. I drink too much coffee now, so some would say that I'm still not completely sober, but whatever. Uh, I'm not driving drunk. I'm not, you know, doing the damage that I've done. But it can affect anybody. Depression can affect anybody. Dependency on drugs can affect anyone. Uh, it's really not prejudice. You know, I, I think some of it's genetics, some of it's a, a frame of mind, some of it's the stuff we've been through, um, maturity, you know, who knows? Uh, I mean, some of the most fantastic people I've ever known have had problems with drugs and alcohol. You see some of the biggest movie stars, musicians, um, they've got it all made, they're making millions of dollars, and yet they still suffer with substances. Um, and I think that's why, you know, when this morning when I found out that news, um, it didn't make me distraught. It made me sad. It made me sad for her and her family and all of our friends that I can see on Facebook are, uh, coming out in support. Um, it made me sad for people in general. Uh, I've known so many people to, to have so much trouble with substances and, um, including, you know, members of my own family and it just sucks. Um, I think it's not just an individual problem. I think it's a societal problem. Uh, mental health is not on the forefront of uh, the American dream. Uh, it's not what is considered to be the most important thing. Um, it should be right up there with uh, all the other health care issues that seem to be, you know, leading the charge. Um, it should be up there with, um, you know, living a healthy life. Uh, it should be talked about and. It's not, uh, at least not enough. Um, our schools don't do much about it. Um, our communities, you know, it's like, it, it's that elephant in the room that nobody really talks about. And I think that's part of the problem is, is like, if we, if we got behind everybody's closed doors, we'd see we're all kind of fucked up, um, on different levels. Uh, some of us need a whole lot more help than others. Uh, some of us turn to a whole lot more negative uh, things than others. Um, you know, I've been blessed to have the example of my parents, um, who are very strong. Um, uh, but you know, even they have weaknesses, but I mean, my mom can have a sip of a glass of wine on a Chris at a Christmas party and sit there with that same glass of wine all night for hours and not even finish it. And then she could not ever have another glass of wine again and she would be fine. Um, I couldn't do that. Uh, I started doing substances when I was as young as like 12 years old. I started smoking weed. Um, I drank a lot. Um, some events that happened when I was young, I had a, be a best friend growing up that died. That pushed me uh, to drugs and alcohol. kind of always felt like I was the one that should have been gone and he should still be here. Um, that's a uh, thing that I've carried with myself as a motivation. Um, and... I know I shouldn't look at it that way, but it just is one of those things that hangs over your head. Um, and, um, but yeah, so 
you know, I struggle with it. My sister is now um, five years sober and she's in AA and, um, and I've never been a big AA person. I tried it when I wasn't really serious. Um, and I don't discount the program as it works for a lot of people and it saved a lot of lives. Um, it's just never, it was just never my thing. So, but I fully support her and, uh, and the fact that, you know, she needs it and wants it and, and uses it the way it should be done. Um, I'm very proud of her for that. Um, my brother doesn't have the problems that we have with it, which is great. Um, the red flag should have been that, uh, when my mother was pregnant with me, um, my father, uh, was, they were all celebrating at a family friend's house. Excuse me. And, uh, my brother was four years old and they went to this party and my dad drank and, you know, in celebration, um, and then drove home and then got sick all night. And the next day didn't really remember it. Um, and since that day, 45 years ago, my father's never had another drink, doesn't want food that's cooked with it. Um, and I guess that was enough of an alarm bell to say that just, he didn't need it. Um, and I know that he had drank and I mean, he wasn't, you know, an, an alcoholic before that, but you know, he liked to party a little bit. And, um, so obviously I think it kind of runs, uh, in our bloodline. Um, and some people just, you know, it just is, is in them. It's just something inside of them, uh, that they get addicted and they, that, that feeling is hard to replace. Um, and whether it's, you know, religion or whatever else, nothing else can really replace it. Um, until you're pushed to the edge and you're pushed to the point of where you have to choose between a life with it or a life without it. And, um, for me, it took years longer than it should have for me to quit, um, drinking. I had kind of quit most of the drugs before, uh, cause they kind of run, ran their course. Uh, and I don't know how much more of my body, uh, you know, how much more it could take. Um, I almost died years ago, um, on the tail end of me doing drugs and stuff. I, my appendix ruptured and, you know, that was a fun few weeks, couple weeks in the hospital, lost about 60 pounds. Uh, definitely don't recommend it. Um, but that was kind of a wake up call of all the damage I had done to my body. And, but then I just kept saying, you know, well, I can still drink though. It's fine. And I would, I would be fine and mostly fine. You know, but my problems with depression would always rear their ugly head. And there were plenty of times when I was doing drugs that I probably shouldn't still be here. And there's plenty of times when I was drinking that I was fairly, uh, fairly sick in a bad place, uh, you know, suicidal um, and just as easily could have drank myself to death as I could have drove my car, who knows, into what or who. And thankfully, I never did that. Um, but there were plenty of nights that I don't remember driving home and probably could have killed somebody. Um, had I, had I, had I not had, you know, a guiding hand, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Uh, I always told myself that I always knew the roads and I knew the speed limits and I knew the turns and, you know, it's fine. I know where I'm going. Um, you know, obviously if somebody was watching, they could tell that I was drunk, but you know, I guess I dodged the bullet. Um, doesn't make me feel good about things, but that's just the nature of the beast. Um, I'm saying all this because I wish, I wish we just talked about this stuff more. Um, 
you know, my parents are fantastic, but we never really talked much about like why we shouldn't do drugs and why we shouldn't drink. Um, and not even necessarily that we shouldn't, but like how to deal with it. Um, and I don't blame them. Um, just one of those things. Uh, different people have different approaches with that kind of thing. And, you know, I don't know that it would affect me one way or another because I dealt with stuff and in some ways I dealt with it poorly. Um, and substances were a thing, uh, that, that it was a crutch. It was an escape. Um, and it took me a very long time to, uh, realize that I could live without it. Um, and I did a whole lot of damage to myself and to people that I love. And I also feel like if, whether I was put here on a purpose, uh, or whether I've gained purpose from being here, um, my struggle has allowed me to help a whole lot of people. Um, I've worked at a church camp where I've had kids confess to me that they've had problems with, you know, drugs and alcohol. And I've, you know, counseled young minds, um, and not that I've got it all figured out, but, you know, with, with substances and stuff, you know, I do have a history and I do have a lot of wisdom when it comes to that. Um, I've had countless people drunk as hell talk to me and ask me how to do it, how to quit. They want to quit. An ex-girlfriend of mine struggled with alcohol and in her weakest moments, or even strongest moments, you know, she's asking for help. And I could really tell that she really wanted to quit, but she just wasn't ready. Um, and I think you got to be just, you have to be ready yourself. You have to be ready to stop doing the damage to yourself and to the people around you. And for me, that happened almost nine years ago when the last time I drank, I was blackout drunk. I sent a bunch of crazy long messages to an ex-girlfriend and to friends and called my you know, family in the middle of the night. And that was not the first time that it happened. Um, and the next day, collectively, they all were in agreement telling me that uh, until I could get sober to not call them anymore, um, that they couldn't do that to themselves anymore. Not that they didn't care about me and not that they didn't want to help, but at a certain point, you have to put your foot down and take care of yourself. And if someone is doing damage to you and they're not willing to stop, then you got to close that door until they're ready to walk through it in the right way. Um, and since that, literally that day, the switch flipped. And I knew deep down for a very long time that I needed to quit. It was just having the strength to finally do it. Um, and to, and it sucks that you have to get to that point, um, that you've hurt people, but you know, sometimes that's what it takes. Um, some people never get there and some people can drink and just be fine. I wish I was that way. I'm just not. Uh, and that's okay. I've had a lot of great times on alcohol. I've had a lot of great times doing drugs. Uh, there's a lot of experiences I would never take back. Some of the parties I've been to, some of the dances, you know, dance clubs and, and parties when I lived in California. Um, there are some incredible times and seen some incredible things. And some of it was influenced by those substances. Um, and I don't regret a lot of it. I regret the, I regret the extent 
that I did those things. Um, I regret the amount, uh, still reap the, uh, <laughs> the benefits <laughs> of, uh, doing some of those substances in which, you know, I get nice little moments where I feel like I got Swiss cheese in my brain. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the way it goes. Um, I think some of this stuff opens windows into your mind, into your heart, into your creativity. But again, it's a very slippery slope. And I think that's why it is what it is. It's like, you know, it can be very dangerous. Um, some of the greatest things ever created artistically were done under the influence. Uh, but some of the most awful things ever committed, uh, awful acts that have been committed were under the influence. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that you got to decide for yourself. Um, I have these conversations with my son. I don't tell him to not ever try, you know, drinking um, or drugs, but I tell him of how much of a slippery slope it is. Um, you know, I never resorted to like shooting up or smoking crack, but I did a whole hell of a lot of other things. And I did them to the extent that uh, it should have killed me many times. Um, and I don't consider myself better than anyone else because I didn't shoot up or smoke crack, you know? Um, I just was medicating. Uh, I wasn't ready to deal with things. Um, and you know, I, I want to say that, I, you know, part of me wants to say that I wasted so much time and money and all this kind of stuff, but like it's life experience. Um, I don't believe this is our only life. I believe it's, uh, you know, a trial by fire, um, whether it's, we're going to heaven or, or just making our way through, uh, the, the universe, or we're evolving as beings of light. Um, but I don't think it's for nothing. And part of my struggles with drugs and alcohol is because of that, that yearning to know more and to evolve and to, um, figure things out. Uh, and because I feel always that there's like, there's something more. Um, and I think some of that, those depths of darkness that I went through and, you know, dove headfirst into, uh, was part of that trying to grasp what we are, what the universe is, what life is, what life means. Um, it was an escape. It was, uh, you know, at times a cry for help. Um, and, you know, I kind of thought a lot about that today, uh, when I heard about my friend uh, who passed away. Um, and, I don't know. I haven't talked to her in a long time. I don't know what she was dealing with. It could have been just as simple as like, you know, drinking too much wine with some sleeping pills. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not even trying to, uh, to say what it could have been, but we're, we're all struggling and we all have moments of weakness. Um, and I feel like if we could all communicate a little bit better about it, and that we're all kind of imperfect and that we don't have it figured out. And some of the most successful people are the most sad, miserable, you know, suicidal thinking people. Um, I think we're all just scared. I think we all want to know more. I think we're all dying to be known, you know, uh, for who we really are um, to have an effect, to, be impactful on people. Um, maybe we are all just the little kids, you know, that, that were damaged when we were little and that's what we carried all the way through. I don't know. Some people live a great life when they're young. 
I had a good childhood, you know, um, good parents, good brother and sister, you know, we were healthy, we had food. Um, we didn't live in a mansion, but you know, we were taken care of, but I've also struggled with depression and I have celiac disease and didn't know that till I was about 30 years old. You know, was I medicating my depression that we didn't know I had because of eating bread? Um, but either way, you know, it, it took me diving through the depths of depression to find myself um, and I'm still working on myself. I go to therapy. I take antidepressants uh, because sometimes you just need a little help. And I think that's the thing that people don't want to really admit uh, is that they need a little help. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be desperation. It doesn't have to be getting driven to the edge. You know, it's just reaching out. And I don't think we do that enough. I think everybody thinks that it's okay to just check in on Facebook um, or you know, like you get a like on their picture or whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't think we do enough of just like checking in with each other and making sure, you know, that you're available to other people. Um, is it going to fix it? Not necessarily. But I think if like in the concept of like namaste, like the light in you, you know, I recognize the light in you, like me, whatever, I didn't do it justice. Um, but I'm flying off the cuff here. Um, is that... I think we get so caught up in our own little ego mind of our surroundings and the life we've created that we forget to look at the individuals as just another being of light, child of God, whatever you want to call them. And they're not their job. They're not their status. They're not their bank account. They're not their car. They're whatever, you know, they're a person that has feelings. And I think that's often why people turn to drugs to the point of like where they lose their whole lives, they lose their minds, they, you know, overdose or, or kill themselves, or they descend into just a, a day-to-day escapism. Um, and, you know, at some, uh, you know, you kind of can't blame people sometimes, but I feel like if we did a little more recognizing each other as flawed people and that none of us really have it figured out, the president of the United States doesn't really have it figured out, the, you know, whoever, the, the Pope, you know, everybody's still just grasping at straws because none of us has the answer. And I feel like if we didn't, feel so alone many of us wouldn't turn to the abuse of these substances um you know i i think that is something i struggle with to this day is that i i, I feel alone you know i drink too much coffee because it gives me a, you know a, a boost um and you know i would never drink again i'll never do drugs again I joke and I say that, you know, when I get old and I've already used, when I used up my worth uh, in this world, I'm going to go disappear into the jungle and take a bunch of ayahuasca, you know, and uh, just uh, walk off into the ether. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, it'd be a pretty cool way to go. Um, but people always ask me, they're like, you know, what did you ever just like smoke weed again? Because, you know, weed is not, is not like, you know, alcohol or some of the harder drugs. 
And my answer to that question is always, I don't want to ever be in a place where I think having a drink is okay for me. And smoking a little bit of weed might be enough for me to say, eh, maybe I could just have a little bit of a drink. And I know that I can't. I know that one sip is too much. I know that one sip will wash over me like it did before I quit, where I sat down with the intention of just one sip. And as soon as that sip would wash over me, I knew how much control I did not have and how much I was relinquishing control. And that is enough for me to never drink again. That is enough for me to never say, oh, well, I can just smoke a little weed to help my anxiety. Because God knows that I could really use help with the anxiety, but maybe too much coffee. And maybe if I slowed down on the coffee, I would have a little, you know, <laughs> I would have a little more luck controlling my anxiety. But I never want to be in a place where I think I could have, have a drink. Um, I'd like to be able to. I just know I can't. Uh, and... I'm thankful that I have struggled with it because now I can set the example for my son. Now, you know, my sister, I, you know, I think I helped her some get sober and I've had other people, you know, that have come to me. Um, and there are probably people that have never even said anything to me, but affected me just like there were people that I used to probe their minds uh, that were sober long before I ever quit drinking. Cause I was like, you know, deep down, I knew that I really wanted to quit someday. I just didn't know how, and I think the reason why I didn't know how is because society doesn't want you to quit. They want you to be dependent on these things. They don't want you to be healthy. You know, the way these systems are set up, you know, they want you to be dependent upon the system. And I'm not going to go down some conspiracy, you know, rabbit hole too much, but I do believe it's all set up for us to kind of stay in our lane. Um, and I think that's why alcohol is legal and other drugs are not. Alcohol is a drug and it is incredibly dangerous. And it is so much more dangerous than some of this other stuff. Uh, but yet you can go get it right down the street. You can buy a bottle for you know a few bucks, right? And you could ruin your life. You could ruin somebody else's life. you know. And these legal drugs that you get from the doctors, these are destroying lives. But they're the ones that you, know, you slap a name on it. You slap Pfizer or whatever else on it. And it's okay, but it's killing people. But how many people are going off, you know, eating natural mushrooms and ruining lives? Not many. Weed, not many. You know, it's natural stuff. These natural things seem to do a whole lot less damage, and they seem to open people's minds. So, yes, I am a proponent of weed and mushrooms to a certain extent. Too much of anything can be a bad thing. Um, but... I know that I can't do it. I'm jealous of people that can do it with control. I see some people that can sit there and have two drinks and they say, that's enough for me. They can sit there and smoke a little weed and they just get through the day. I wish I could do that. I didn't. I couldn't. It was never enough. If I was going to take one XTC pill by the end of the night, if it was available, I was going to be on seven or eight and probably be on a bunch of other stuff with it. I might drink for 10 hours at the bar and then do a bunch of pills and stuff for another five, seven, 10 hours after that. I just can't. I couldn't do it. I can't do it. And that's okay. And I learned my lesson. I had some good times, but I did a whole hell of a lot of damage. 
And if my example can help others, you know, that's why I talk about it. People say that I talk too much, but you know what? I have a whole lot of life experience. I've almost died a couple times. You know, I've done a lot of drugs. I've done a lot of drinking. I've hung out with a lot of famous people. I've been a lot of places that some people will never get to go. And I consider myself very lucky in that. I've also gone to some very dark places that I don't want other people to have to go. Now, you know, some people have to hit rock bottom in order to grow. But then, you know what? Some of us are going there and they can help others along so they don't have to hit so far down the rock bottom. And that's what I hope. And that's what it, it bugged me so much when I heard about my friend was like, you know, we had conversations right when she was leaving to move back to uh, Arizona. Um, we talked a couple times after she left and it was a lot of it was about substances. And I just, I guess what I'm getting at is we don't talk about this stuff enough. And when we're hurting, we don't talk about it enough. Everybody should be in therapy. It doesn't mean everybody's crazy. We're all a little crazy, but we're not all a little honest with ourselves about needing help and that we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, and if we, if we all realized how imperfect we are and if we were honest about our own selves, we might all get better mentally. You know, we might all get a little bit healthier. We might have a better society. Might have not have you know suicides and and drug overdoses and ruined lives and um, I don't know I mean I know that it's it's a fantasy to think that we can really fix all this uh, but I would be remiss if with my background I didn't try to help other people and that's why I'm here right now uh, talking way too long for thirty minutes um, without stopping. Uh, but that being said, um, I could talk about this subject for a whole lot longer. I know you don't want to hear about it if, uh, you know, and I, and I appreciate you listening and, and hopefully, you know, my example helps, you know, somebody that's listening. If not, if no one's listening, that's okay too, because this is kind of for me, uh, as well. Um, it's just, we just got to love each other a little more, um, you know, and pick each other up. So anyway, um, I know that uh, this is not the most fun episode, but it's honest. Um, and if you have any questions or want to reach out and need help, I'm here. Um, again, you can email me at za.camel13 at gmail.com. Um, you can ask me questions about my past um, if you need some guidance, some counseling, you know, about your own substance abuse, um, please ask or I can put you in the you know, right direction. Uh, I get therapy from a, from a great center. Um, uh, and they've been really helpful for me. Um, so, yeah, I do recommend it. I do recommend, you know, at the very least talking to somebody. Uh, even if your life is going great, um, we could all use a little talking to people and having someone listen. And you know what? I urge you to listen to your, you know, listen to yourself. Um, I often run my mouth a lot, but I really do listen to people. People always, you know, it, when I, when I'm at work, they, you know, it's funny cause they're like, you're always talking to people and listening, you know, and 
Uh, that, that dude's so annoying. I said, yeah, but you know what? What if every single person around him says he's so annoying and no one ever stops to just listen? Even if his ramblings just don't make sense or whatever. What if nobody in the world listens to that person? So, like, I try to give people a chance. Um, and sometimes I'm a pompous asshole because I'm trying to be funny or, you know, feel like I need to, to appear as if I know more than everybody in the room. But you know what? That guy that sits in the corner who nobody ever listens to, I like listening to that guy too because I can't tell you how many times somebody's listened to me and my bullshit. So, um, again, if it means that it kind of lets off a pressure valve for them or me or you to just get some stuff out, you know, take the time. And if you need to take the time to talk to me, I'm here for you. So. Uh, with that being said, I will uh, stop running my mouth. Um, gonna get to work on this restaurant episode. Hopefully, have that in the next like week or so. I'm doing some interviews, so it's it's some work. Uh, and for all those podcast people out there, you know this is this is hard work. I mean, I'm doing this by myself. Some people have producers and have other co-hosts and stuff. Um, not to say that that's easier, but like you know. Doing this all on your own and finding the motivation, especially when it's, you know, it's not a monetary thing at the moment. Um, but again, my voice, I want to be heard, not only because I feel like I have some knowledge to impart, but I'm an open receptacle for knowledge that you have to give to me or ways in which you can correct me or, you know, open my mind and show me that I'm not seeing things the right way. Um, I welcome it. So uh, I hope this finds you doing well. And I will talk to you soon. Again, this is the Caramel Camel spitting at you. Have a good day.